0: Good morning. Welcome to Morning Matters at 10. My name is Paul Meyert. I'll be your host today. Morning Matters is part of the Act 17 Accord, a ministry committed to preparing God's people to live righteous, spirit-filled lives until the end of the age. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to be starting a new series. We've left Genesis for a while. We're going to be talking about uh, Israel. The nation of Israel has... Is God finished with the nation of Israel, or has Israel been replaced by the body of Christ? Body of Christ. This is a very practical teaching in that Israel is in the news every day. It also has to do with the end times. What's next on God's calendar, uh, and the big picture of things? And I'm, there's, this is a honestly, it's a huge topic. There's so much to it, and we not, can't get into all of that. I'm going to try to overview things and give you a simple understanding of the different positions in the church, different things that the church believes about it. And then then really we're going to be looking at how to interpret the Bible. Uh, there, are three, there are three categories about Israel. Is God going to restore the land to Israel, the land of Israel, the land of Palestine to Israel, or have the promises to Abraham been fulfilled in Jesus and the body of Christ? So we have covenant theology and dispensational theology as the two main categories covenant theology, it's about how they see the Bible. They see there's two covenants, law and grace. Others will see along with that. They'll see the paradise, the covenant in the garden. They'll see the Noahic covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, the Davidic, uh, the new covenant. Now all of these things that dispensationalists will see as well, but just how you fit it all together. uh, They believe the church is the continuation of the people of Israel, not necessarily a new, it's not a new group altogether. It's a continuation of it. And, uh, you know, so that's how they would view it. They don't. They would not see a distinction between Israel and the Church. There's uh, dispensationalism is a is a view that holds to like seven eras: the dispensation of grace, the dispensation of they would not say law, the dispensation I don't know all the ones. And we'll get into that in the future. I don't remember them all, but anyway, they have seven different dispensations. So they divide the Bible either into covenants or dispensations. Um, there's other groups. there's there's classic dispensationalists, there's progressive covenants, there's dispensational lights, which is kind of where I fit. I see more continuity and discontinuity between the covenants, but I still believe Israel is going to be a separate... God is going to do something separate with Israel. How that works, I don't know. And then there's replacement theology, which just straight out says Israel is done. There's nothing special about them at all. Uh, They use different methods of interpretation. They all would probably claim to have a literal, grammatical, historical interpretation methods, but many of them use allegorical, metaphorical, symbolic interpretation. So the things that happened to Israel would be symbolic. Uh, Hosea was symbolic. Uh, you know, different things, different, you know, was there a real way? I mean, there's all kinds of things that people say are symbolic and not necessarily to be taken face value in the church, in the natural context. Um, you know, there's... Um, there are groups today that Christian groups in the broad sense that do not specifically support the nation of Israel. They would support the Palestinians. Certainly, many of the replacement theology people would fall into that category, but not all of them. The left wing of the faith, uh, they completely support Hamas and the Palestinian people. They don't believe the Bible is the word of God. They don't believe that God created the heavens and the earth. They believe in evolution, and there are many of them... Their beliefs are all over, but they're mostly on what we would consider the extreme liberal side of the Christian faith. And I use that in a very broad sense because they're not born again because they don't believe in that, but they use the name Christian so they get included in what is considered Christianity. Um, basically many many people would say would say Israel has no more right to the land of Canaan than the Palestinians. They believe Israel is just one nation among many and have no special meaning to God or the kingdom of God. On the other hand, dispensationalists see a separate role for the nation of Israel from the church in God's plan. They believe that God is going to restore national Israel in some manner in the future, that the 70th week of Daniel and other passages are about the restoration of the nation of Israel. And, and really, so there's a that would be the classic pre-trib You know, it could be post-trib, it could be pre-wrath. They're premillennial dispensationalists, and they they believe that God is restoring the nation of Israel and that we are going to go into a seven-year period of tribulation at some point in the future. Um, And that has to do ultimately with the restoration of the nation of Israel, and we'll look at that. That'll be a topic we'll spend some time on in Daniel chapter 9. Daniel and other passages are about the restoration. The 70th week of Daniel is about the restoration of the nation of Israel. This division has to do do with how one interprets the passages in the Bible concerning Israel. So I may spend a little time just looking at covenant and dispensational theology, but basically it's it's really not about that. It's, It's really how you actually interpret it. And it's better that we just interpret the passages as we interpret them. We'll just go through, we'll interpret the passage and you can see whether it should be literally allegorical or however you want to do it. So uh, I'm, I'm not saying you can do whatever you want. I'm, I'll show you how I do it and then we can, I think, come to some agreement together. All right, so what we want to do today is I want to talk about the his, the present state of Israel and what's happening today and what has been going on since October 7th. And October 7th, 23 terrorist group Hamas attacked the nation of Israel in a most horrific manner. Women and men of all ages were raped and murdered in their homes. Generous civilians, although there's a story about a father whose son was a soldier, and uh, Hamas beheaded him. And they say, oh, nobody's beheading people, what they did. And they found his, his head in a, sorry, in a refrigerator in a bag. Uh, heads of babies were cut off, and some were burned alive in ovens. There's one story in particular of a young mother whose baby was put into the oven and she, while she was being raped and had to listen to the screams of her baby until he died. And then after they were done raping her, they killed her. This is horrific stuff. And this is, you know, I know some people say it didn't happen, no, it happened. And there's much evidence, there's huge evidence, there's all kinds of witnesses to these atrocities. Um, understand, by the way, when this attack took place, they were in a ceasefire because people are calling ceasefire, ceasefire. They were in a ceasefire when they did this. Hamas took over 250 individuals captive. Most are still being held captive at this writing. Now, 110 were released. They found a few here and there, they found some dead bodies of hostages, which Israel wants them back dead or alive. They want, they want to bring the bodies home because they have value for human life. Um, the response to this attack, of course, has been divided, In the left and those who hate Israel... Have supported the attack on Israel, blaming them. The attack on Israel be Israel's behavior. They were apartheid, and they are committing genocide on the uh, on the Palestinian people. But uh, we know about Hamas is that they hide their weapons and infrastructure under hospitals, even in the UN. One of the UN buildings, they found all of this stuff. Huge thing recently that the UN was supporting is uh, Hamas. Anywhere they can, anywhere they can to cause Israel to inflict, think about this, causing Israel to inflict maximum casualties among the civilian population. They hide behind mothers and daughters and sons and, and children in hospitals and schools and mosques. That's what they do. That's what this terrorist group does. They've built hundreds and hundreds of miles of tunnels, anything they can. Israel has committed themselves to eradicate Hamas completely, and this war has been waged since. Others support Israel and are calling for the immediate release of the hostages and punishment and eradication of Hamas. So others agree. There's a there's a pretty good divide. I, mean, I think most people really do not support Hamas, but there's a huge number that do, especially in America and, and around the world. You know, all these young people that do this stuff. It's just absolutely nuts. Um, South Africa. This is one of those ironic things that anyone could ever do. Is officially accused Israel of genocide. <laughs> accusing them of being oppressors and running an apartheid state and holding the Palestinian people hostage. Understand, Hamas and Palestinians do not believe in the right of Israel to exist. It's stated in their charters. Nobody's questioning that. You just don't want to talk about it. You don't want to emphasize it, but that's exactly what it is. They do not want Israel to exist. To the sea, to the sea means to drive Israel out of Palestine and Israel, Palestine, the old Canaan land. They want them out. They want them destroyed. They don't want them to exist. They don't believe they have the right to exist. The irony that South Africa would accuse them of genocide is lost on, I guess, so many people. It's certainly lost on them. After the Holocaust? Please. All right, so you have to ask yourself a question, and this is a fundamental question, but why do people hate Israel? What did they do? Well, they're good with money. Hitler accused them of undermining the economy and all sorts of things. All the different things, any any evil thing that's ever happened in the world has been uh, Israel has been the fault of. They've been persecuted around the world f- for the last three thousand years. Why do they hate it? And I think they're hated because God did choose them. They're the one that gave us Jesus. You may, and for years, for centuries, the Christian Church has persecuted Israel how on what basis why would you persecute any people why would you first force people to convert that's the history of of catholicism some of the things in the middle ages and the stuff that they did that's not christianity that's nothing to do with jesus that's horrific things the things that the church has done that i talked about this a couple weeks ago it's not really the church it's this institution that claims to be the church. It's not the church. The church are people that have repented of their sins, trusted Jesus as the Lord and Savior, and choose to live like him. They gather in congregations, right? They gather in congregations to do this. They're not, this, in, all these institutions are not churches, They're not not accurate. It's not the right way to say it. So when people say the church has done this and that, well, I just said it. Well, I mean people, institutions and organizations that have built structures that God did not intend for the church to be. They met in homes and in the temple. They they worshiped. They gave everything they had to the poor. They They were kind, gracious people, but they preached the gospel. And people don't want to know that they're sinners but still some people persecute them for that but the fact of the matter is the church is the people the individuals who have trusted jesus as their lord and savior and have then they gather together in congregations. some people think congregations is an old word but it really does describe it gather together in assemblies they assemble together that's what the word ecclesia means which is the word that we translate church which is a horrible translation it should never have been translated church has nothing to do with church it's the assembly of the believers. It's when they gather together and the things that they do when they worship and read the word and teach the word and share with one another, encourage one another, build each other up and help the neighborhoods and do the things. That's the, that is the true meaning of ecclesia. That is what it actually is. But people throughout history have done things in the name of the church that have nothing to do with God's church, with Jesus. They have nothing to do with Yeshua. She has no place in those places. Now, there are people within them that are true believers, right? And they do know Jesus, but they've been caught up in this religious structure that is not biblical. So the hatred of Israel what the church has done, people in the name of the church have done, in the name of God, is ridiculous. Of course, they've done it in every religion. They've done it in every culture. Everyone does it, right? It's just nonsense. So why do they hate him? I hate him. I think they hate him because... Satan hates, hates God. Satan hates Jesus. He's, he's been out to destroy Israel from the beginning. He's done everything he can to destroy Israel, to deceive them, to lead them astray. Why? Because the Messiah had to come through Israel. Prophesied, he had to come. He, it was through Israel, and he had to be a righteous. He had to be. He had to be a son, son of Adam, but he had to be a son of David. And so. When Jesus came, it was the Jews that brought us that. It was the Jews that gave us the Old Testament, that gave us the Torah and the the Old Testament writings. That came from them. Those are gifts from God, among many other gifts that Israel gives. But God used them, and the enemy fought all along to destroy Israel, and still does. He still continues to destroy them. Which, if you think God's God's done with Israel, you have to ask yourself, why do people still hate him, and why do they want to destroy him so bad? Who wants to destroy him? Satan wants to destroy them. He wants to interrupt God's plans. He doesn't want his people to see that God actually is going to honor his word to, to Israel. I'm giving away the whole end, but that's the end of the story. <laughs> All right. So I want to just do this today. I'm not going to, I've given you that, but let's just look at five reasons. Uh, I think there's five. five, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five reasons why the world and America should support Israel in the present conflict with the Hamas and the Palestinians. Why should we do that? What are the reasons for that? I believe we should. If you don't believe, if you believe God's completely done with Israel, they're not the people of God, they're nothing. You should still support Israel and in, in their fight against this, this terrorist organization and the terrorists around the world that want to destroy them. I'm just going to give you a, a few. Number one, America. Um, okay, sorry. Um, Israel is the only democracy in the Middle East, Period. It's the only one that gives freedom of choice, freedom of word, freedom of, freedom to vote, freedom to choose how to live your life. Now, like a lot of what happens in Israel, and other nations are in America, but we still have the right to choose. And I believe that's godly. God gives people the right to choose. Governors do not have the right to rule everybody with an iron fist. I don't think they ever did. Think about, go back into Israel's history when, when, when Israel demanded a king, right? You remember that they had the prophet Samuel And they were disappointed because Samuel's sons didn't turn out well, but they said, we want a king, we want to be like the rest of the world. Well, they got a king and he was a horrible king. And then, you know, Saul, he he just was, you know, and he does, kings aren't good. It's much better to have division of power. One of the beautiful things about America is the division of powers. And unfortunately, people abuse that which they always do you can have laws you can have a constitution people are going to change it to make it fit their own political agendas and their own power structure but the point of it is, is as a principle it's a beautiful thing you know the three branches of government in the US is pretty unique in history I don't think it's ever been done but Israel also has three, three branches now Israel I don't know if it has three branches but it basically has the same idea so we should support them now I understand that among the the extreme left kids who support Hamas and the Palestinians, right, who, who want them to be Israel to be driven out of Israel, uh, who want them to die, which is that they're most many of these have become complete socialists and communists. It's watching interviews and watch them all the time. Which is better, capitalism or communism? Oh, communism is so much better. Well, it's ridiculous. They've been brainwashed by the left in our society. They're just brainwashed. It's nonsense. Look, at communism never produces anything. Capitalism is the only way anything is ever produced. Now, are there problems with capitalism? Yeah, greed's a problem, right? In not taking care of the poor. But you can't, if you force that, then again, you take away free choice and that's not God's way. Paul encouraged the wealthy in his day, writing to, I think, Thessalonians, Timothy, I don't remember which one it was. He said, encourage the wealthy. It might have even been Titus. He said, encourage the wealthy to be generous in good deeds. Our job is to encourage people that have money to be generous and also to encourage people to work. Because Apostle Paul also said, if you don't work, you don't eat. You know, I'm kind of getting off track here a little bit. But you can see that this is, these, are, these are fundamental principles. And one of the reasons why I believe we should support Israel. And I support Israel for that reason. Secondly, they're a faithful ally. I'm not saying they're perfect. There's always been some stories about things in the past, but as a general rule, if we need help, Israel's there. They're on our side, and they're going to help us as a nation. America, now, they'll help any democracy. They'll help Britain. They'll help They'll help Germany. They'll help any democracy that really wants help. They're, they would be there for us, anybody that's in the NATO alliance and not a part of a, a regime that's being controlled by totalitarian, totalitarianism. So I think they're an ally. Third, they're one of the most innovative, creative, and productive nations to ever exist. And I could spend a lot of time on this, but I'm not going to. But just the, what they've done with agriculture, what they do with uh, the, the inventions that they have, I hear of them every day. I meant to grab a couple. Sorry, I got hair on my face here. Uh, you know, I meant to, to grab, you know, some, but I didn't have time. But, you know, basically, they've invented things that helped the entire world, let alone given us Jesus in the Bible. Number four, the Holocaust. Did you forget, or do you deny it? You know, many Muslims deny it. Many liberals deny it. Or they ignore it, say well, it really wasn't that bad. Well, you know, it's just ignored. It's just you know, you if you don't, you don't have to deny something. If you just, if you ignore it, you're doing the same thing. If you don't understand that, literally for the last two thousand years. Israel has been persecuted with pogroms, beaten up, killed, murdered, driven out of their country, driven out of their homes. Time and time again, this has happened. Over and over again, this has happened to Israel. Then when Hitler came to power in 1939, six million Jews were murdered. He murdered them, he burned them alive. They had no place to go. They were driven out of Europe. They had no place to exist which is one of the reasons why the British and others decided that there ought to be a homeland for Israel. It had to be someplace. You either kill them all or you make room for them and get along. It's just that simple. Every nation of the world, where, where were they to go? You know, in, in prior to World War II starting, the, a, a ship left the ports of Germany and tr- traveled around the world. They were filled with Jews looking for a place, a country that would accept them as Immigrants, And they were refused in every country on the earth, including America. On our southern border now, we're letting everybody in. We don't care. We just let millions and millions of people in. But we refuse to let the Jews in. Again, why? Because they're God's people. There's something about them that people hate. Until you surrender to God and follow him, you're going to not like what he's doing. And the fifth reason is in the UN in 1947 granted them statehood. They granted it to it. Now I'm not a big UN fan, but whatever the UN did, this they granted them statehood. They said you can exist, and then they made the, that, that agreement. Then in 48, they actually became a state. So we should support them. This is a legal thing. This is what happened, <laughs> right? This is a legal state. This a legal nation. Is there a Palestinian state? Is there was there ever a Palestinian nation? No, there are Arabs that live there. There were Jordanians, Syrians, different people from different parts, Egyptians, lots of Muslims, lots of Arabs that lived there, and they lived in in Palestine. But they were never a state. They never became an official state. They they never were. They weren't ahead of time. They weren't before that, and they weren't after that. There's always been, they're just just people, they're stateless people as well. And I'm not saying Palestine shouldn't have a land. I believe it should. But you've got to get the right things in order before you can make that happen. You have to understand it. So, so let's just think a little bit about the history of Canaan and Palestine. So it was eventually called the Canaan. The Canaanites lived there. Um, this goes back 3,300 years to the Bronze Age. There were independent Canaanite City-states were established all over the area. And that lasted, you know, really until about 1,200, about 1,500. Uh, at that point, they became many of these Canaanites. Palest- they were uh, Philistines. They became vassals to Egypt. About twelve hundred BC, Israel became a nation. David established, established Jerusalem as the capital in nine eighty something. I don't remember the exact date. Uh, they were all, Israel was often at war with the Philistines. The Jewish people had a presence in Israel, in Palestine, from that time till today. They've never not had a presence there, even though they ceased being a nation in one thirty three BC or one thirty three AD. David ruled around 1000 BC. Solomon built the first temple in 931 BC. The kingdom was divided around 930. Right after that, Solomon screwed up. And then 722 BC, the Assyrians invaded and destroyed the northern kingdom. Judah was captured. Judah was captured by the Babylonian Empire in 586, ruled by the Medo-Persian Empire, the Greeks after them, the Romans. 167 BC, the Maccabean Revolt began, and they broke away from uh, the, the uh, Antiochus Epiphanes. And they, they broke away from them. They had a period of independence. They eventually made an agreement with Rome. <laughs> um, and Herod became a king, a client king, they say, or a vassal under Rome. That's when they defeated the Greeks. So Rome then took over, 70 AD. Rome destroyed the temple. In 133, the Romans destroyed the nation. So what happened now, you had 70 AD, this was Jesus prophesied saying that one stone left upon another. And Israel, you know, again, we have to understand something about Israel. One of the questions you have to ask yourself is, why did God allow this to happen to them if they're his people? Well, because God believes in consequences and consequences of behavior which you go, ah, Israel's all over here. They're really disobedient. Well, you better be careful (laughs) if you think the church is any different. I can tell you, it ain't. We've been just as bad. Every country has been as evil as Israel. God had special plans for Israel. They were to be leaders in the world and lead people to, to the Messiah. And they have failed to do that. They didn't recognize the day of his coming. The Pharisees, the leaders of Israel at that time, said his blood be upon us and on our children. So the Philist, you know, the the Israeli leaders did bring a lot of this on the nation themselves. But the whole church was was Jewish. The early church was Jewish, and for some time afterwards, then the Gentiles came in, and eventually the Gentiles took over. Constantine and all of these things in history, all of these political things that took place. The, you know, priests becoming, you know, our spiritual leaders becoming excuse me, spiritual leaders becoming political leaders and ruling and, and, you know, them as autocrats, you know, emperors and, again, not non-biblical structures, not what God wants, not how God intends things to be. He doesn't like kings. He doesn't want people to have kings. But he uses kings. He used David, but David had a, was a good king, but, you know, he was honest, honest king generally. But the point of it was, even that, God would have had, not had things run that way. And he certainly doesn't support it today. Now, I think, I think democracy is a biblical concept, as I mentioned earlier. But the point of it is, is that, so you have all of these events in history, all of these things that have taken place, that have really been outside of God's general plan for mankind. It's all out of his plan. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't have a plan. God has a plan to bring all things to himself, that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That day is coming. That day will happen. And he's allowed the affairs of men to go on as they have. He gives people choice. People make choices. You know, we voted somebody into office the last time around that has done what to our country? I don't want to get too political. (laughs) Bottom line, you know, the point of it is, is that we have choices and we make choices. And human beings are going to be held accountable for it. And Israel has been held accountable But that does not mean that you as a non-Jew or a non-Israelite have the right to be the one that judges. I would not want my hand to ever go against the nation of Israel. And yet people have, and they've done it in their arrogance and in their pride. You know, we were grafted into God's tree, you know, the church, and then these people that claim to be Christians and have acted as they have. So so in 70 A.D., we know finishing this timeline here. 70 A.D., Rome destroyed the temple, and uh, and it was destroyed. It was pretty. It was pretty bad. A million people maybe died. It was it was a horrific time for Israel. The Romans in 133 A.D. there was another revolt prior to that, and the Jews again went against Rome, and uh, you know because they believed that the people of God we can defeat. Well, you can't do anything unless God is on your side. You know, when Joshua, when the son of man came to Joshua, he said, Joshua said, whose side are you on? And the son of man said, well, whose side are you on? You better be on my side. In other words, we can only do the things that God is doing. So Israel in their own zeal and passion for their religion and their history decided, well, we can defeat Rome. And they tried twice and eventually they did not. And the diaspora, the dispersal of Israel around the nation. So the nation technically ceased to exist. Although people still, Jews still lived in Palestine ever since 133 BC. They've never not been there. So of Arabs, so of other peoples. Lots of people have come through and ruled. So there's it's just a small remnant that was there. So basically, this is kind of the end historically of the quote-unquote nation of Israel. And I, and I call it a nation because a nation has the right to make decisions for its people. Um, you know, the, the last days, the covenant signed with the Antichrist You know, it took people to do that. People think, well, Lord could return at any time. Well, probably not prophetically. (laughs) We may not have understood that, but because Israel couldn't sign a peace treaty with the Antichrist because they weren't a nation. But in 48, they became a nation, right? Okay, from 1517 to 1917, Israel and much of the Middle East was ruled by the Ottoman Empire, the Turks. In 1918, the Allies won the war and the Ottoman Empire ended and Great Britain took control of modern day Israel, Palestine and Jordan, Syria. In 1970, British, British Foreign Secretary, before the end of the war, Secretary James Arthur James Balfour submitted a letter of intent supporting the establishment of a Jewish state. This was called the Balfour Declaration. In 1922, the League of Nations approved this mandate. The Arab nations opposed this and were afraid the Jews would subjugate the Arab Palestinians. So, from the beginning, I mean, you, get, you just got to understand, you got two peoples that want to live in the same area. Who has the right to be there? Well, they could both be there if they wanted to. That requires cooperation on both parties. Um, and we'll look at who's cooperated most throughout history. So basically, the world said, we want Israel to have its own nation. They didn't want them in their country. They wanted them somewhere else. So there began great in, uh, an influx of people began to move. Thousands, you know, 30, 40, 100,000 people began to move into Israel. It's still a small nation. It's only got like 9 million, 9.5 million people in the nation, right? But anyway, the League of Nations at that time would be like the UN. Again, these are government institutions. These are human institutions. They're not biblical institutions. But they established and said they could do that, even though the Arabs uh, opposed this. And there was even 1937, different things. There was earlier than that. There were uh, terrorist activities against Israel began right away. Because the Arabs didn't want them there. They wanted them out. Palestine itself was controlled by the British until 1947 when the United Nations declared Israel an independent state. Israel, this is now your land. 1948, they became a land. And what happened? (laughs) What happened in 1948? Well, seven Arab nations decided they were going to wipe Israel off the face of the map. The Israelites had... Few weapons, maybe an airplane or two. Some Americans came over. Some other people came and fought with them. Absolute miracle. Israel defeated all seven of these nations. And they they won their freedom. Over time, 1937, let's go back in time a little bit. In 1937, the Peel Commission proposed the partition of Palestine and the creation of an Arab state. The Arabs rejected that. They, we don't want that. We don't want Israel here. That's been their motto all from the beginning. Israel can't exist. We don't want you here. But there's no other place for them to go. What, What is Israel supposed to do? What do you want to do with them? Where is your heart? You want them destroyed? You want them to exist? And some people say, well, they should come to America. Well, why should they come to America? They want to have their own land. They haven't been treated well in America all the time either. I guarantee you that. 1939, the British white paper proposed the creation of an Arab state. It was rejected by the Arabs again. 1947, the UN would have created an even larger state. The whole idea they would have, they were going to create an Israeli state and they were going to create a Palestinian state. But the Arabs rejected it. They said, "No, we don't want this." And this has gone on. Then you had the war. You had the 67 war and the 67 war when all the nations came against Israel. Israel once again defeated them. They took over lots of land then as a result of the war. They took over the Golan Heights, the parts of Syria, different places they took, they expanded their their territory. Well, hey, you know, war's tough, you know, nobody wants a war. Israel didn't start the war, they started it. They wanted to wipe Israel off, and Israel won and they took land. Are they wrong for doing that? No, but they proposed to give it back to them, and then they didn't give it all back to them, but they would, have. they would have. To make peace, they would have. It's 47 or 40, 79. Egypt-Israel peace negotiations offered the Palestinians autonomy leading to full independence. Again, the, the, the is Egyptian-Israel peace agreement. Palestine, you can have your own land, full independence. They rejected it. Every time they've been offered land, every time they've been offered anything, they rejected it. We say, well, maybe it wasn't what they wanted. Well, that's fine. Then that's why we're still at war, isn't it? So you either decide to get along or you're going to fight. I, I don't know what other options are. I mean, I don't know what Israel's options are. Israel has no option. They have nowhere to go. They have to fight. Palestinian people, maybe they have to fight too, or maybe they make peace. Would Israel make peace with them? Well, they've tried numerous times. The Oslo Agreement's in the 1990s laid out a path for Palestinian independence, but was derailed by by terrorism. 2000, Barack Obama. <coughs> um, the leader of Israel, Barack, offered to create a Palestinian state in all of Gaza and ninety-seven percent of the West Bank. Rejected. Um, in two thousand and eight, Olmert offered to withdraw from almost the entire West Bank and partition Jerusalem on a demographic basis. Rejected. Every time, every time, Israel and other nations have come together to bring a peace treaty, it's been the Arabs that got up and walked from the table. Why? Why do they do that? Well, I'm not saying all the Palestinian people. It's sad what happens to them. I'm sorry that they die. I'm sorry they get killed in bomb strikes. But when you put your your headquarters under a hospital, what do you expect to happen? You can't just let them live. You can't, you have to destroy your enemy. If you're at war, you're at war. Do I like wars? No, but hey, guess what? Wars are part of life. What are the options? Destroy all Jews. Let the Palestinians have everything. They'll do with what they did to what they've done to their own areas, which are deeply impoverished because they're so intent on destroying Israel. I will tell you this the Palestinian people probably want peace, many of them. Although you can see at times they don't. I mean, they, they kidnapped this, murdered this Jewish girl. And they rode around the state holding her on a head, her head on a pike, and all the people cheering and you know, so you can't just say it's the leaders. The people are involved in this as well, but not all of them. Some of them want peace, and we should try to help them whenever we can. They want Israel destroyed and driven into the sea. They do not believe that they have, Israel has the right to exist. If you don't change that fundament, what am I going to do with you? If you if you're if you're my neighbor, and you you don't have the right, I don't want you living in this house. I am going to destroy you, one way or the other. You can't live there. I want it back. I want to take that house. What do I do? Well, I build a wall, I get a gun, and I either or I move away. But I, I can move away here. But who moves away? Where does Israel move away to? You know, Jesus gave an illustration. And you would think that by this time, that the Palestinians would understand that they're not going to defeat Israel. They've lost every war, every war, every time. Even now they're being destroyed. Hamas is. Jesus made an illustration. He says, Who goes to war and doesn't look down and says, well, I got 10 men and they got 20. Maybe I ought to sue for peace. Hey, Palestinians, you may not get everything you want. You may not get exactly what you want, but you want peace or not. So you go to the stronger person and you say, let's make peace. And you hope that they're generous. And Israel has been more than generous on numerous occasions And even now, Palestinian people go to Israel and work all the time, and they want to work. They want to live there. 20% of Israel is Arab. They get along just fine. It's the leadership. It's the Hamas. It's the young, old Yasser Arafat. Do you realize in history that Adolf Hitler sent spies and people into Palestine during World War II and created conflict? They had bombers that blew up both sides of it. You know, they blew up... Uh, British or uh, 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 Israel hospital and a hospital and a Jewish hospital or a, you know Arab hospital they would blow them up now I'm not there were terrorists among you know the among Israel but again they're fighting for their lives they have nowhere to live they've been driven out, out of the world everywhere around the world they have no place else to exist at this point it's really up to Palestine to change their perspective. And to say, I want peace, We give us a state, let's work it out. And see what could happen. But you cannot do it when you have people that do what happened on October 7th. You think, Man, what happened that day was absolutely horrific. You know, one of the reasons that God destroyed the enemies, uh, the, the whole Canaanite culture, originally, why he sent Israel in to destroy them, in the history. They, not, these weren't Palestinians, but the Canaanites, the Philistines that lived there because of their worship of Baal. And there's lots of evidence of this, by the way, although they try to hide it. You know, they used to sacrifice babies. When you see the picture of the Molech holding his hands out, that was still, it was hot and it would burn babies alive. They cut their heads off, cut them in half. This child sacrifice and virgins and all of the things, this this blood sacrifice that was um, all over the Middle East, all over Israel, all over Canaan, Canaan. And that's why God eventually said, I've got, they can't let him go. What do the Hamas do? They're doing the same thing. It's the same spirit, guys. It's the same spirit. I think a lot of the Muslims believe they'll just outweigh Israel. And they think that public opinion will turn against them and nobody will support them. It's very likely. It might happen. Fortunately, as as weak as Biden has been about this, he says he supports them, but then... Behind the scenes, he's constantly telling them, don't kill more people. Well, stop putting people in front of the bullets. Have your soldiers fight a real war. But they won't do that. They haven't done that. You know, they, they, they still send rockets every day into Israel, 3,000 since the war started, that have been fired upon Israel. I believe the, the Palestinians believe, Palestinian leaders believe they'll outweigh Israel, and they'll just let their people suffer. Somebody has to stand up and say, hey, you know, we don't want to live this way. We want to get along. But would they let them live? I don't think Israel has any choice. Ultimately, what solution to this? What is the solution to it? Well, the solution would be a two-state thing. Then we could have two states, but they'd have to be willing to live together. They'd have to be willing to be not to throw rockets or shoot, you know. They'd have to be willing to get along. That requires a change of heart, probably on both groups. Israel's going to fight to defend itself. And I think they have every right after the Holocaust, after what's happened for 2,000 years, fight. I'd be there fighting with you if I was younger, probably. I believe they should defend themselves. And I think they should wipe Hamas out. These people should not be allowed to live any more than ISIS should have been allowed to exist. Now, not all Muslims are this way at all. Many Muslims are peaceful. But the point of it is, is these groups are not. Iran is not peaceful. Iran is a terrorist nation, supports terrorist nations around the world. Again, what is their mission? To destroy Israel. And yet we want to give them a nuclear weapon. Can you imagine if Iran had a nuclear weapon? Can you imagine if what would happen to Israel? They would wipe them off the face of the earth. They wouldn't hesitate to use it because they already have said they would do that. It's what they say. It's their hatred of it. You can't have peace with terrorists. You cannot. This is a weakness in the left. People want peace. There is no peace to have apart from a change of heart. There's no peace. Now you can get along. We get along in our nation good with different people, no problem. But the more radical people get, the less we can get along. When you take away the police, when you take away all the things that they're doing, you let people in that have no understanding of the values of this nation. What's going to happen? What's going to happen in the future? God established order. God established structures. He established nations. And he established And the United Nations did. And the whole world agreed with it twice. They still agree with it. But they continue to harass Israel and tell them, don't fight. Well, you can't kill people. You know what? People die. People die every day. And it is sad. I mean, I'm sad that people die, but I don't see any choice that anyone has. And I, I believe it's immoral to not support